Good day. Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. I'm your host, John Fowler, in the house. And I'm John Sandy. Welcome aboard. It's been, what, three weeks since you've been darkened the doors of the Connect Center, I believe. Yeah, when people listen to this, they won't know that until you just not revealed that, so they wouldn't have known that. Well. People listen, to, you know, a year from now. Or 20 years from now. Or he after, wa- honey, after, he wasn't there the last three weeks. Or after we're all dead and gone. <laughs> Lord. It could be, you know. This, we could up, be like. Up and away. That's what I say. Yeah. I don't really care to you. Do you ever wonder why people hold on to this world? I mean, what's what's good about it? It's the only thing. They know. Well, <laughs> as bad as it is, it's all they got. Yeah. Have you seen? I think that we are absolutely the laughing stock of the world. You mean you, and me? No, I'm talking about the the, the United States itself. I've been watching some of these oh, some amazing. of these clips with Joe Biden falling asleep and all he's saying about. Um, you know the like you know what he said about the hurricane or about the flood and and how he nods off you know why he's you know having you know in a meeting and it's like lord have mercy and he keeps telling the same confirmed uh non-truth lie like that one about the guy I used to I used to ride the subway and the conductor would say Joey baby well it never happened but he keeps telling it anyway <laughs> it's like he's just uh, no. on a roll He's on a roll. I know. See, you and I don't have that privilege. You know, people are making some really dumb choices and dumb mistakes, and I don't. I don't have that privilege to do that. And so it's like, you know, when I see people doing doing stupid, oh, being John, stupid, you know, it's, uh, it's, I've said it for a long time. You can be smart and believe stupid. You wonder how intelligent people do really stupid stuff. They just do it enough. They practice it enough until it's natural. Yeah. And they just keep doing it. And you think common sense would tell you, fill in the blank, right? Right. And they do some of the craziest stuff. I mean, it's like there's got to be some motive here that's not good because that was not hard. When you think about think about being president, let's say all of a sudden you or I were presidents. John, there's a lot of things going on that would not take a lot of common sense to even figure out right. to solve a problem, I mean it's some of it's that simple. So it's all, it's all uh, by design. I believe. I don't think they're stupid. I think they're they're just deceived and their hearts are given over. I was sharing in uh, my Sunday school class. I go to Sunday school Sunday school, Sunday school class in our connect group. Better said that uh, we people people we we don't bother to read the Bible. We don't bother to. Uh, in fact, I wrote down a note this morning that we follow our opinions as fact. Right. And we, we just do some crazy stuff. And we need to get into the Word and learn the Word and find ourselves approved and make sure that we back what we believe, you know, with the Word of God. Because there's so many beliefs out there, so many ideas that we just, we need God's help, don't we? We need a lot of wisdom, don't we? Absolutely. need a lot of wisdom. And you get that today on this show. Yay. Uh, with uh John Sandy. Should be an applause right there. You have an applause button or something. I could probably get You need to create an applause button, a laugh button. You're creating work for me. It's like, uh, I love how I'm, people say, we need to do this. Which but, means you. Which was me. That's yeah, always me. okay. And it's yeah. supposed to be, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm trying to get your shot. I bumped your camera before we went on the air. And Are I we out, am I out of line again? No. Well, it's, <laughs> it maybe. Want, I'm like my little dog. When you talk to me, yeah. I know what you're saying. He goes, 
Yeah. You you asked me yeah, if you're out of line. That. I have to talk to Cynthia about that. Yeah. <laughs> she'll tell you. She'll she'll mm-hmm. tell you if you're out of line. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. doubt. She will tell you. But John Sandy's on part four of a living sacrifice. Yes. And uh, and, and if so, you'll join me on Sunday, I'm starting a new series on Sunday called Are you ready? Are you interested? Anybody want to know? Okay. You you talk me into it. Okay. Is first, that the name of it? First responders. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's really good. So I'm working on that. And I got a really cool thing that I tied into the Word of God on uh, a couple situations that Jesus was in and how that ties into, well, I just don't want to say too much. It's just pretty exciting stuff. So tune in Sunday at, at 10 a.m. on the Pulse, WV Live, something like that. Anyway, that's going to be next, this coming Sunday. So join us for that Sunday morning. Tell your friends and neighbors and join together around the TV not really TV, or on your phone or your computer, and join us Sunday morning live at 10 a.m. at the Pulse. And, of course, your sermon, your preaching, uh, you go, you're not going to be here Sunday. So you, um, you, can't, you can't tell people that. They won't. So they won't show up. Well, they don't listen to this. So they're wrong. Nah, that's, they really don't. <laughs> you know, Gasway does not listen to anything I do. I, be, so, I yeah. beg my class, please share this on your social media. I know a lot of you are on Facebook. Please share it for me. Please. Sure. Please share it for me. And almost a big fat zero. <laughs> what I have learned over the years is that church folk do what they want to do. Yeah. You just have to pray that they will follow your lead and you're leading in the right way and Leave the results to God, I guess. Just obey God. You know, it's it's you got all kinds of situations out there where people don't like you or they say things about you or they misunderstand you or they give a false witness on you. Many, many, many things you can fill in the blank. When it comes right down to it, you need to obey God. You just walk with God, keep your blinders on, and and go move forward with God. Don't let what people think and do hold you back or, or pull you down. You just keep your eyes on him. Stay in the word. Be encouraged. There's great stuff in there. And uh, you'll be okay. You will be okay. That's funny that you say that. I got called arrogant yesterday. No, you? <laughs> yeah. No, you did not. I did. It's a truth. John. I, be, I got called arrogant yesterday. This. Um, you want to give me an example so I can. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm taking, I'm taking my flight test mm-hmm. yesterday mm-hmm. in Lewisburg. <clears throat> Uh, which I did not pass for the second time, and you're, you're going to get it, John. I, you, you're I'm there. You're done, right there. Man. I'm not doing it anymore. <clears throat> Are you serious? I'm done. Just remember about I'm some other, some other thing you did. You tried and tried and tried, and finally, it look what it's happened to I it now. Know. John, remember seed time harvest. Don't yeah. give up. Don't give up during time. Oh, I'm I'm not giving. All up. right, I'm all just, right, but, right, um, I'm ahead. just not doing it anymore. <clears throat> <laughs> It's nothing about giving what, up. What's the difference? There's a lot of difference. No, no, tell me what the difference is so, between I'm not doing it no more. I ain't going to do it. I ain't doing it no I'm more. I'm not doing it no more. Wow, that's giving up. No, it's what? not. It's not giving up. It's just redirection. Oh, um, is that the word to yeah, use now? It's oh, redirect. Like yeah, I'm redirecting. I'm going to redirect. So anyway, I'm taking I'm taking this flight test, mm-hmm. and this guy's he's asking questions that I didn't think was in the book. You know, and it's like he's because it's stuff that I covered on my other test when I took it. Mm-hmm. And he's at the chalkboard and blah, blah, blah. He sits down. He says, well, he says, obviously, you don't know this stuff. And uh, he says, I'm going to have to write you a letter of uh, like discontentment or something. I don't know what he said on it. And um, and he told me, he says, you know, you need to be safe. 
when you fly. I says, I am very safe when I fly. And I said, if you'll go with me and you'll fly with me, we've never made it to the airplane, you know, the last two times that we've done this. Right. And, uh, and so we can't get out of the classroom. And so he says, uh, he says, you know, he says, there have been a lot of my friends that are pilots that have crashed and died. And I looked at him and I said, did you just hear what you said? And I said, here you are trying to help me to get a pilot's license when I'm a student pilot. I have a student pilot license. Mm-hmm. And I said, and you're trying to get me a pilot's license. And I said, but you have friends that have died because they're pilots. I said, it may be a good thing that I don't become a pilot. You actually said that. Yeah. And he said, you're arrogant. <laughs> well, I mean, listen to what he said. I know. And it's like, yeah, okay. I want to be a pilot so I can crash and die. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, when that, you look, it's when you, like that's not on your agenda when you go fly. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just like anything in life. If you're under someone's tutelage, and their former students have all died, or a lot of them have died, you're thinking maybe I need a different teacher. I knew this guy. Now I know I know spouses pass away and that kind of thing. But I knew a fellow one time, he had four wives. It's like every time he married them, they died. And I'm thinking, you know, if I was the fifth one, I would probably... Do a little research. Yeah, it's like, what's your track record here? You know? <laughs> it's like, you know. Well, do it this way. Like, a common question if you're dating someone is if they've been married previously, you're kind of wondering, how many times have you been married, right? Right. That's a kind of a good question, right? Maybe hard to ask. You may have to do it in a smooth way. Well, just check Facebook. Oh, that! Oh, yeah. Lord! Everything's on Facebook. Fake, you're like Jay. Jay calls it fake book. <laughs> I remember we were doing. A, we were with a friend of ours in Florida, and, it's, and instead of this was years ago. Instead of saying uh, uh, do a selfie, mm-hmm. I called it a facey. <clears throat> I think to this day he uses that. <laughs> really? Called so if it ever gets around the world and comes back, you'll know where it started. Right here, it started right with you. Start, start with you. Start, yeah. start with me. So if you got a guy that has a good track record, if you're dating a guy that's been married five times, yeah, and they didn't die, yeah, or even if they did die, um, you might want to do some investigating, right? And and you know, and and we know <clears throat> things happen with people, and, and sure. I don't mean that. No, you know, I don't don't mean that in inoffensive, <clears throat> you know. But uh, right. you know, I have seen that before, and. Uh, and so it just kind of, especially you know when they when they pass away like that. But you know it was uh, it was one of those things. But yeah, yeah, I've just I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing when it comes to flying, and I keep going where I'm going because I, you know, have places to go. And this I guy just doesn't seem to like me. Well, <laughs> it's like that, and that doesn't sound like you're going to be me spending a lot of time with him. No, you know, it's <laughs> like like uh, Pastor Doug Smells used to say. He said, you know, you don't have to. Uh, you can love them, but you don't have to take them fishing. Yeah, yeah. you know that's what Doug always says. And uh, well, what is the difference now? Since you're obviously a pilot, and in the sense of flying, you fly around, go places. Can you continue to do that without a license? How does that work? Well, I have a license, but it's a student. <coughs> it's a student pilot license. Does it run out? You, no, no. And I mean, and the only thing I can't do legally is is take people flying. If you're alone, you're all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder how that works. Or, or you can fly with other people with uh, with <coughs> license. You know, if they have a license, you can fly with them. You know, but um, I'm but telling you. But in a car. But in a car. 
Well, see, it's like can you drive by your? Uh, see, I don't have a license yet. But do you, do you uh, when you're getting your driver's license? Is there a point where you can actually drive on your own before you? Get your license? Yeah, once you take your test, yeah. once you take your test at the DMV, then right. you are able to drive by yourself. That's the learner's permit. And then you can also drive with people that have a license. But they need to have a license. But just they like need to have a license. Similar to and a pilot. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot I like it, you know. But, you know, it's just, um, you know, and owning, you know, owning an airplane, you know, it's like you just – like my airplane right now is down in Nona because they're working on, um, right. you know, the runway up in Braxton County. So I'll take it up tomorrow and uh, take it back and put it in the hangar because it's sitting out. And it, the airplane, she's been calling me. Oh. She calls me on the phone. She says, you know, I'm cold. It's out. I'm outside here. <clears throat> And I, I don't I don't want to be in, you know, outside. So I've got to take her, put her back in bed. I heard you had a little rough uh road to take off on or something up there when they're working oh, on it. Uh, well no it's it, where i just flew into yesterday it's uh, the the uh, they don't really have a lot of government fan, funding down there and and so the runway's kind of rough so it's like when you touch down it's like uh you know <laughs> you, can like, feel it. Yeah, you can feel it you know compared <clears> to <throat> smooth you know but um but anyway so you know life's uh Life continues, and you know a lot of people have it worse off, and uh, it's just a hiccup in the in the road. But it's not anything that is catastrophic, you know. Usually, when you take a test and not not pass it, not to rub it in, you know, I'm just asking a question. Mm-hmm. Um, did you learn anything that would help you if you wanted to take it again? Yeah, not to do it. Yeah. Okay. That's what that's uh, what I learned. You're giving up on me? No, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. <laughs> if I if I would have to, here's the thing. If I would really do it the way it should be should be done, I'd probably have to go away to Florida for four weeks and to a flight school. Yeah, that's maybe. the next. That's the next thing. Who was it that said and the other had, day? No, was, don't repeat that. Don't don't, <laughs> yeah, don't repeat that. That was a, that's one thing I have to be careful with you because you'll say. John said. John said because I just hang on every word. <laughs> it's just I just such yeah, such can. wisdom and nuggets yeah. of knowledge that right. when you speak, it's like oh, I want to write right. all of a sudden. Right. Yeah, yeah that's so funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know where you're going with that. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Who was it that said the other day that they knew someone that? that that's what you can't tell. Oh yeah, because so I, so I was on the right track. Yeah, you were on the right track, but you can't tell that. I, I told you that in confidence. You told me that. Well, you the one told me that. I was, and yeah. that was in confidence. Yeah, I didn't write that down. Well, you this you probably should. Yeah, sure, that, really. That's Thank you. Thank yeah. you for helping me out there. Yeah, that's big. I don't want to. <laughs> nothing bad, but well, no, nothing bad. It's just uh, some things that people have to people keep. tell you in confidence, and you need to honor that. And I apologize. I forgot. I. Evidently, there's just so much I, I learned from you. There's so oh, much I get for the that it's, it's hard not to just want to just blah, yeah. share, share so, with others. So after John Sandy gets done with this show, <laughs> yes, then we're starting his uh, is uh, what they music, call it? Music, music that inspires. Music that inspires, and yeah, so that's going to be on the radio station. Got some great artists today too. Stay tuned for that. You're going to love it. Yeah, stay tuned. You'll love that too. And then uh, I have to get my oil changed at eleven today. So well, that everything's in perfect timing. Did you do it yourself? No. 
Man, I went to get our oil changed the other day, my wife and I. I used to. I used to change it, but it's cheaper to have it changed than it is to go buy it it yourself. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Well, not in our case. (laughs) Not, yeah. We went to get our oil changed the other day, and our bill was almost $1,000. For oil? No, we found out we had two bad tires and some brake problems. And by the time they got done with this, it was almost $1,000. And this guy was, we never met him before. This guy was pulling out coupons at the desk and everything he could think of to lower our price, to get it down as much as he could. $1,000. Yeah, we weren't expecting that at all. But, uh, and I shared this Sunday morning. You should morning. have let me know. I would have charged you at least 1200 Yeah. I, I'll cut you a deal. That's a deal. Well, you know, I just try you to be can't good. Get I try to de- be good to people. Since I'm arrogant. You know, you I can't, try to be good to people. <laughs> I was I was just thinking, what a wonderfully arrogant way of saying it. Uh, <laughs> John, but, you just, here's the thing. You you laugh stuff off when people call you names or don't like you or this kind of stuff. Yeah, laugh you know, it off. It's their loss. Yeah, you know, because not, think of who you are. Loss. When I think of who you are, I think, what a loss for that I'm guy. I'm a child of the Most High God. You are. He just you are highly life. favored. Yep. And if he makes it to heaven, which I don't know, I, I think he's agnostic, but I think that if he Did makes you, it to heaven and he's at the pearly gate, he may not get in. You may step again. No, 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 no. no, no. He may no, not just, get in. Just, just a, a minute. moment. Just a minute here. He may not make it because you'll, it's like God will say, oh, that's what's his name. And you'll pull out a heavy book. Yeah, he'll, he'll pull reading, out the heavy book. And, and start and, reading. Right there. Yeah, Paragraph right there. seven, page four, seven. You have flunked John <laughs> twice on his flight test. Out of here, baby. And I said, and then afterwards, footnotes, because they all have footnotes. You're right. As a footnote, it says, not to mention, not to mention disrespect for a man of God. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. that's big. Yeah. That's a big, oh, boy. Don't do that. Arrogant. You know. See, usually people that are arrogant call other people arrogant. Do they really? So, yeah. Think about that. I don't even know what, I don't even know how to spell it. Hold on a minute. Let's arrogant? See. Yeah. Hold on a minute here. Let's see. What does arrogant A-R-R-O-G-E-N-T? What does A R R? I'm guessing A R R O G E N T. Is that right? A N T. A N T. Sorry. Having a real okay. <clears throat> having a real a real a revealing and dag the, even the stinking <laughs> definition. Hold on, man. Okay. <laughs> Behaving in a proud, unpleasant way towards other people because they believe that they are more important than others. Ooh, there's a, that last part's it, isn't it? You, you know what my mom said growing up, and I never forgot it? She said, people that don't treat you right do it because they know they can. Oh, yeah. And I never forgot that. That was a little bit of wisdom because people don't do it unless they feel like they have a right to do it. Right. And that makes it almost worse than what they said. Just the fact that they felt that way in front of you. Well, God doesn't like pride. You know, he hates it. That's one thing he said he hates is comes pride. Comes before the big fall. But I didn't uh, I didn't think I was that way. But, you know, everybody has their opinion of me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you found that out. Haven't you? But, you know, the thing about it is, John, and this is probably going to sound arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is going to stay with you the rest of your life. This is probably going to sound arrogant. We need to I, review this quite often. But I get along with myself real good. I don't have any problems with myself. I get along I have, great. I have never heard you argue with yourself. I have never argued. I'm right every time, you know, when I'm with myself. Do you remember that time you thought you were wrong and you realized you you weren't? I wasn't, yeah. No, I've, I've, 
we're just we're just carrying on <laughs> you all but you know, we're having fun but yeah you gotta be you gotta careful what on. you say to people you gotta move on and uh let time take its course if you're faithful god will god will get you there john you may come into a situation one day in the future where you say i'm going to you know i think i will try one more time just like your daycares you tried and tried and tried. You didn't give up. You tried one more time. Now you're getting ready to open your third and fourth daycare, which is phenomenal. Well, I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful that God has, has allowed me to participate in, in something that he's doing. But this is, the, this is the only thing that I could say, John, to people that treat you wrong in life. One fine day as I was walking down the street Spot a beggar man with rags upon his feet You ever heard this? <laughs> I think Took I have. Penny from I'm waiting for the chorus. In his tin cup I did drop it And I heard him say as I made my retreat May the bird of paradise fly up your nose <laughs> There you May go. an elephant crash you with his toes <laughs> There you go. I love it. That's the only thing I can say. In <laughs> so, Jesus' name, of course. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be spiritual about it. If you do that, in, you can put it on any sentence and clean it up. Clean it up. That's the truth. That's little Jimmy Dickens on the Pulse WV Live. <laughs> that's, that's a great song. You should start off with that today. That would fit me just about everything I do. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, can I just put that on a T-shirt and wear it? Yeah. yeah. You whatever, know, whatever you want to ask me, <laughs> let me the bird of paradise. Let I got me. to talk to Chris Beckett the other day from our uh, Gasway at Winfield campus. Mm-hmm. And just one of him and Annie, some of the finest people in the world. And, and uh, he came up to me the other day and he, he was listening. He was actually catching up on, on one of your shows. And he said, you all are hilarious. <laughs> but then he said, I wonder how long until he's going to start teaching. Well, here's well, 35 minutes into it. <laughs> and you know, my teaching, I'm, I'm doing them shorter and shorter like you are. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing but, like but, 15 minutes but, is best, best of my, what I'm doing. Uh, I'm, it's hard for me to do just 15, but I'll do, I'll really try. All right. Here's living, right. a living sacrifice <clears throat> part four. And may the bird of paradise fly up your nose, John Sanders. <laughs> may you be encouraged. Absolutely. And everyone out there that's arrogant, <sighs> we're here for you. Yeah. We love you. And anyway, yes, <laughs> this is this is part four on a living sacrifice. And we are in a part of this sharing. It comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We're talking about now about what are the, some of the characteristics of being a living sacrifice? Because someone may say, are you saved? Well, you say yes, because you refer back to the day that you gave your heart to the Lord, right? But since then, how have you been doing? Are you growing? Are you going places? I mentioned our church the other day. I said, our church will grow when we grow. And we're not waiting for God to do anything. God is waiting for us to get in, in line with his word, his truths because he is the way truth and the life it's kind of hard to argue with anybody that doesn't believe that christ is the truth and the way because their perspective is so totally different than from the word of god because he is not for them the way truth and life so little 
test here, can I call it, or a checklist on things to think about. Are you really a living sacrifice? Are you at least on your way? Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Now we are, by design, a living sacrifice in him. And we're going to get into later on how being a living sacrifice is a place to be. It's really kind of cool. We're going to talk about how God wants to take us full circle, and we'll go back to our scripture on that. In the meantime, let's talk for just a minute about characteristics of being a living sacrifice. Now, some of these are questions. Some of these are simple statements, but check your heart and see what you think. Be honest. No one's going to go to your door and knock or anything or pull you out of their church (laughs) or anything like that. We just want to talk about, because this is for me too. All right, here we go. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we are his living stones. We are to follow in line why Jesus was brought here, why his father sent him here. It was to be an example as a cornerstone, that we may be living stones. He is the architect, and he builds us up according to his plans for us individually and corporately. In other words, God not only wants you to do his will, he wants you to do it corporately. And there's where some of the problem is and where some of the things rub in the church is that we're not working corporately. We want to know what our calling is, what God wants us to do. We want to know, when I put my name on the card as God's servant or prophet. We want to be all God wants us to be. But what we leave out is that God wants us to do it corporately as well. And the Bible gives us examples of how important it is where two more gather together in his name, how much more is accomplished corporately. So you got this church that wants to grow wherever it is, Plenty of you, New York, I don't know. Just pick a place. You got a church, you got people scattered throughout the church that want to do God's will and are seeking Him on their own. But when they come together, it's a hodgepodge, a can of mixed nuts, because we all have different reasons why we serve God. And folks, that's where we miss it. We need to have the same reason to serve God. It has to be the same. Why? Because our spirits are identical. They're fully mature as Christians, and they're the same spirit that Jesus has. That is the only way we're going to come to oneness, and the only way he's going to say to us, entering in that good and faithful servant, is the fact that we have the same spirit. But we got to release that spirit over our soul, that through our mind and our heart that we can become one because we are now, get this, operating from the same perfect spirit. Not from your personality, not from your personal callings and gifts, because if we surrender those to God, he will incorporate them all together in a way that we can't. So we need to realize, folks, that this is a corporate effort. You want to be a living sacrifice? Think corporately, not just individually. Your church will grow when you grow. Otherwise, what do you have to offer? People are going to come to your church when you have something they need. And they're not going to find it through just individuals in the church. Temporarily, for a while, they can. But after a while, not being corporately led to the Holy Spirit and one together, it will start to well, it will start to wear down the spirits of individuals that are seeking to find the peace, joy, and rest in Him that is found not only individually with God, but corporately. So once you establish yourself with the Lord and you walk with God, no matter what people do, you walk with God. I don't care how arrogant they are. You walk with God. You do God's will. 
Then, you know what he'll do? He'll start having you work on the corporate part. And he'll help you in every way he can to get you corporately connected. Now, God's not going to make you. If you want to be corporately connected with your church, God is going to do everything to connect you with them. And there may be individuals that will not get on board. They may be a cashew. (laughs) They may be a walnut. But they're not going to mix with you because, well, they just don't have time. They got a busy week. I go to church because that's what I'm supposed to do. I go to receive more than I give, and therefore, have a nice day. (laughs) Bye-bye. There is freedom in sacrificial living. You know, we hear about denying yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. We hear about doing God's will, not your own. Folks, you got to realize that God does this so that you can live. Man, what God has for you is so far greater than what you have planned for your life. Because it's eternal, because it changes lives forever, because it it fulfills what he created you to do. And you're not going to be any happier than being where God created you to be. He said, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. Well, temporarily, you may find some joy in that. Hey, sin is fun, right? But it's only for a season. And it only fulfills the flesh. Therefore, anything that, now listen to this, anything that fulfills the flesh will destroy it later. It's like loving to eat hamburgers. Fine, but if you do it every day, it will destroy you. It's not that hamburgers are bad, but you've got to have balance in your life. You've got to seek to be fed and led by him, and then God will take you places that you couldn't even imagine. Not even your wildest dreams would have taken you there because being in his will is being what he designed you to be, and that is where you're going to be the happiest, whether you see it right now or not. Be a living example. Be a model, be a light, be an influencer, be everything God wants you to be, and you'll be everything other people need you to be. Now, some will reject you because they're not on the road you're on. They don't want what you want. They don't want God's will, but you stay firm. You be an example. You keep living the consistent life and love others around you every day in every way. Folks, the Bible says love your enemies. Why can't you love those you go to church with? Now, they may not love you back, but you can still love them. And that perfect peace that passeth understanding will engulf your life. And no matter what people do or think, hey, it's what Jesus thinks of me that matters. We have desires and we have goals, but now they belong to God for him to orchestrate into our lives. Now, you're going to see as I read a few of these that this is serious business, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. You have to pay a price to walk with God. You're going to have to choose to deny your flesh and take up your cross and follow him. You're going to have to choose to do these things. And it's going to be, uh, it's not going to come without uh, objections from others, even within your own church or family. They're not going to understand you. Why? Because they're not traveling the same road you're traveling. The scenery is different. The outcomes of your events and your choices are different. And you are on a path that leads to eternal life with him. And therefore, you have to choose who you're going to serve every single day. As he sees fit according to his purpose and call on our lives, that is how God wants to orchestrate our lives, according to his purpose and his call on our lives. And again, I go back to Psalm 139, verses 14 through 16, where he says, your very life has been written down in a book before you were formed. This is when true living begins, folks. I don't want to sugarcoat it. But at the same time, I want to let you know that it tastes good. 
<laughs> it's it's healthy. It's it's enjoyable. It fulfills every nook and cranny of your life. To live is Christ, as Paul said, and to die is gain. You win no matter what. And that's why we have peace. A prayer life full of thanksgiving and praise. We enter his gates of thanksgiving, his courts of praise. We must live a life of praise and worship and thanksgiving. That must be premier in our prayer life. Because I believe that in time, as you go deeper, more you're going to notice this. It's going to naturally happen. More of your prayer life is going to be praise and worship and thanksgiving. Why? Because the deeper you go, the more you realize that he's, he's in control of everything you give him, and he has the best for you. And in the end, we have God never serves dessert first. That's coming. But everything in the meantime is for your health and well-being spiritually. So that's why we can have peace. That's why so much of our prayer life should be praise and worship and thanksgiving. Because we're learning more and more how God has this thing. And he has the best for those that lead the choice to him. And we're excited like Christmas Eve every day. Walking close to Jesus wherever you hear him, whenever you hear his voice. I have a little saying, walk close enough to Jesus that when he speaks, you can hear him. Folks, if you're out doing your own thing and you say, I wonder why God didn't speak to me. Folks, he is. He is constantly speaking to his creation because he created us and he put everything under us because we're made in his image. There's nothing on this earth that's alive that is on the level of human beings because we are creating his image. And we are called to have fellowship with him. That's why he created us, to fellowship. We let God interrupt our normal schedule and underline the word normal. <clears throat> because we think, how is God going to use me today? I've got to get this done, that done, that done, that done. i got all these assignments. I work. I have to cook, take care of my kids. He knows all that. But here's what he does. He t- he, if you give him his day at the very beginning and start with praise and worship, he will de- begin to reveal things to you because now you're in a position to hear. Before, you were wrapped up in everything else, but when you let him in at the beginning before that schedule begins, see, if you put God in before you start your schedule that day, whatever it might be, now you've given him permission to intervene and intertwine his perfect will that day for you in your normal routine. Now, what he does is you'll be about your business doing God's will. Um, you're doing your, all your scheduled stuff for the day, whether it's work or shopping, whatever it is. And because your antenna is that, because you gave him the day before you started that schedule, he will now begin to speak to you, which he's been doing all along. But now you can hear because you gave him permission. Once you give him permission, then he's going to step in with because he doesn't push himself on you. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he is not going to force himself. Now, I know we had the example of Paul where the, he was struck down Damascus Road and lost his vision. I, know, I realize we have some exceptions like that. But generally speaking, God is not going to make you do something. Now, circumstances may put you in a position where you finally give it to him and he takes it from there and does marvelous things. But during your normal schedule, because you gave him permission before you started, now he can work in your normal schedule. He's, he's ama- it's amazing how he does this day in and day out. And then he'll drop in things where you have to change your normal schedule. He won't ask you to do it without making it up to you. But as you do his will, as you do your scheduled day and he works with your schedule, there are things that will happen. Be prepared. He will ask you to change your normal schedule at times. 
Now, it's not going to be in a way that you miss responsibilities. He won't do that. <clears throat> but he will, he will give you opportunities to actually interrupt your normal schedule. And that's one of the hardest things to get people to do is to allow God to change things here and there so he can fulfill and give you a full day. He will, in his timing, his will and his timing rules our day. And that's what I just said. <clears throat> Put in first, folks. He will help you get everything done you need to get done and everything else he's called you to do that day as well. But we have to be willing, don't we, folks, to be a living sacrifice, a state of constant readiness for his return. In other words, our antennas are up. Keep your antennas up. A state of constant readiness for his return. Now, that's not just talking about his final return. We're talking about all the things that lead into and are connected to his return. See, God wants to guide your life in such a way that when your life ends on this earth, it flows into heaven because it's all connected. From the moment he created you and a purpose for your life to the day you go to heaven, it's all connected if you give him permission. <clears throat> give more than you receive. Try now give everyone you know. Now, I'm not talking about getting in the flesh. I'm talking about being led of the Holy Spirit, but being willing. Are you willing? If you're willing, then he will use you in ways that maybe you've never been used before because now you've given him permission. You say, Lord, I give you my finances. I give you my talents, my gifts. I give them all. Lord, you show me how you want me to use them. And I promise you, one of those things will be your finances. If you can't trust him with your finances, folks, you're going to have a hard time trusting him in other ways as well. Your tongue, your habits, your impulses, your defense, when you get defensive, all must die to his will. And that's what I meant earlier with, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Folks, God needs you, and he needs your attention. He needs you to do his will, to put him first, because all what he has for you. No excuses, folks. Stop making excuses for not doing God's will. Well, I was busy, or I just didn't feel like it, or I was sick today, blah, blah, blah. Folks, don't you know that the devil will do everything he can to keep you from whatever God has assigned for you that day? Because whatever God's in is eternal. You may not know it, but everything you do is eternal because it's all connected. So there are no excuses. You got to get rid of all preconceived expectations or manipulations of circumstances. And we do this. We call it passive aggressive sometimes, but this is a biggie, folks. When you stop uh, having expectations of what God's going to do. Now you go believing, you stand on his promises. But what, I'm, what I mean is don't get ahead of God. Don't overthink it or think it out in a way that you can understand it because God's just not going to let you understand everything. Oh, he'll tell you things in advance, some exciting things, and he'll give you dreams and ideas. But don't in your own mind, in the flesh, in your physical mind, don't get any preconceived ideas. Don't get any expectations of what's going to come out. Just obey God. Don't say, well, God, I'll obey you if. That's basically what we're saying. I'll obey you if. I'll do this if. No. Find yourself going to God with less asking and more praise. Because what that does, it gets your heart ready to receive. It's like a paradox. You think, 
Well, if I don't ask him, how am I going to receive? Worship him, praise him, be thankful for what you, he's done already, and trust him and let him show you what will come out of that heart of praise. So we'll stop right there. We'll continue on some more areas that show us where we are, little test, so to speak, evaluation of ourselves to see where are you in the walk with um, a living sacrifice? How close are you to being a living sacrifice? How much are you willing to do to become a living sacrifice? We'll continue on with the next step, and we're going to talk a little bit about humility and brokenness and how God wants us to go low so that he can lift us up. How can you lift something up if you already hold it up? He wants to lift you up. He wants to encourage you and bring you places and take you places, but you got to take your hands off the wheel. you got to let him have his way. Jesus, I want to thank you that you're faithful. I want to thank you, Father, that you died for our sins. I want to thank you, Jesus, that you suffered your stripes for our healing. I want to thank you, Father, that you provided everything we'll ever need in advance. It's done. It's finished. It's all provided. You're not creating anything new. You're not creating uh, situations uh, in advance, it's already been done. You've already laid out the groundwork. When you wrote our lives down in a book, Father, in in um, Psalm 139, when you wrote it down, that meant you provided everything we ever need to fulfill it. So may we be faithful to you. May we rest in you. May we trust you in everything we do. May we start to rest not letting our joy be anticipated by how people act, how they treat us, what they think of us. That is not where our joy comes from. That's all temporary. People can tickle your funny bone and make you feel good about yourself, but what they end up doing is building up building up the flesh, and you're less dependent upon God. When you realize that people do not determine your joy, but God doing God's will is all we desire, then after that, we're going to have a joy, peace, and rest we've never known before. And all the all the turmoil going on around us, it just seems like it doesn't touch us in a sense because we are walking with him. Yes, the rain falls in the just and the unjust. And if you go back a little bit, it says the, the sunshine does too. And you need sunshine and rain to grow things. So when you're in the midst of battles, if you'll give it to him, he'll create rain and, rain and sunshine in those things that when you get out of that, you'll be grown. You will have grown in the Lord and gone deeper when people around you are still struggling and in turmoil and seeking temporary joys and their own personal goals. Yours is eternal. Keep your eyes on him, folks. Keep your eyes on the prize, and that is eternal life with him and being used of him. Hey, let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let God's will be done in your life right now. God wants to start heaven right here. You can have part of heaven right here. You can practice heaven right here. Amen. If you don't know the Lord, if you're backslidden, if you're struggling, I encourage you to give your heart to Jesus. Say, Lord, I give you my life. I believe you died and raised on the third day for me and sat at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. You care so much. And you sent the Holy Spirit, the perfect spirit that's in Jesus in each one of us. You gave us a salvation. I receive that today, and I give my life to you. No longer my will, Lord. And, Lord, help me to remember that when I do fail, repent, brush yourself off, and move on. Don't let it pull you down. We're all growing. We're all learning one step at a time. So you be encouraged today. Give God your life. Let him show you a way that leads to everlasting 
Don't give up. Give his heart to you, to, your heart to him today and say, Lord, I want you in my life. I invite you to my life to take control. I give you my life now, maybe for the first time. I really, truly give you my life. Your will be done in my life, not mine anymore. And watch him work. Watch him encourage you and provide every need. He, you, will not go, you will not go without anything you need. God will take care of you, and he'll bless you. He'll bless your socks off. In the name of Jesus, we claim this for you today. Amen. If you would like to become a part of this ministry, not only watching and listening, but we encourage you to to be a giver to this ministry, and uh, God will bless you, I promise. I've heard stories after stories about how he's blessed people that give to this ministry. Text the word PULSE to 1304-244-3187. Go to thepulsechurch.com, give through PayPal, or mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasway, West Virginia, 26624. Have a great day. Thanks for listening and watching the Pulse WV Live and network that beats to the heart of God.